everybody. Welcome back to The Hill is Always Greener. This is episode three, and this is still a podcast about old Sonic nerds and the things we like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Game Buddy. I'm Rock the Jake. I'm Cyberly. And I'm Falero. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, that most that might be the most straightforward into the point intro we've done yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was trying to think. Okay, what's a good transition into introduce ourselves and then? Uh, long time no see. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sashiburi. Well, long time no see, fellas. Uh, not really, but it's been a whole week. How how has everybody been? Has anyone had anything uh, Sonic or even Sega adjacent since uh, last time? Uh, I've been um, I've been checking out videos for Project 06, and I it, as soon as I figure out like where exactly I can download it, I want to give it a shot because a better version of Sonic 06 sounds pretty fun to me. <laughs> I will I will I will hook you up later because it's it's something like props to Chaos X for all the work they've been putting in on it. Uh, like, especially for somebody who has said he's never actually played the game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If if you don't know, that's basically a port of Sonic the Hedgehog released in 2006 for the 360 and the PS3, uh, ported to PC using uh, Unity, I believe. Yes. And it's aimed to like polish up the gameplay and implement like cut ideas and a lot of uh, I think. I think he's mostly doing it on his own, and a lot of people are helping with side things. Uh, I know yeah. someone has restored like a ton of uh, cut dialogue and like story, and uh, that is the only way I would ever like voluntarily play that game again um, <laughs> because it looks really good. Uh, like you said, Luke, we'll uh, we'll we'll hook our buddy Jake up and also like post uh, links to that in the description because if you've got a, I think. Uh, any decent computer it'll run it pretty well yeah it, it it's a bit it can get a bit heavy like i know i believe last version they put out there was like also a bug that would just cause it to start slowing down really harshly if you play it for like more than 45 minutes or something as someone someone who has completed that game recently i'm sure regardless it is a better experience than playing <laughs> it on its original hardware oh without, if they've made it ex- if they've made it acceptable then they've made a that's a huge step forward for sonic 06 <laughs> yeah currently yep, the yep. current version is all of sonic's levels and all of shadow's levels with you know special unlockable bonuses if you manage to get all s ranks in both of them so mm-hmm. you know and I'm going to say right now that, you know, I know there's a lot of people who unironically enjoy Sonic the Hedgehog on the 360 and uh, PS3. And to those people, we're not taking that away from you. I know we're trying to have a positive vibe here on this podcast. It's just that game needed a little help. Yeah. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, oh, I'll, I'll, uh, shamelessly steal from another pat- podcast I like, uh, but it's okay to like a game. But also, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> it's also okay to realize where it has a lot of faults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is mostly faults, um, but, you know, they did, they, there was an attempt. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Project 06, great. Love, love promoting uh, good uh, fan projects, which goes right into uh, our topic today, I believe. <laughs> I was, it also, I was going to say, it also goes into what I've been doing over the week. So, on um, speaking of you know fan projects, uh, I don't know. Have you guys heard of? The, it's a kind of an obscure game, uh, Super Mario. Some number at the end of it. I can't remember what it was. Uh, One twenty-eight. Sixty something. I, just, I don't know. I, I've never heard anybody talk about it. It's a little obscure. <laughs> Somebody uh, has made. Well, actually, technically, somebody made a ROM hack that is a combination of two other ROM hacks that I've been playing. It's a mod in by two people, Thods and Game Bun, called Super Mario 64 Sonic Edition Plus. So <laughs> Ooh, it is I a, love it already. It's a combination of Thods uh, Mario 64 Sonic Edition, which basically replaces with Mario with Sonic and then gives him, like, physics and moves from sonic adventure so he can't do like the mario 64 backflip or stuff like that but he can like 
he can't do the like running dive, but he can actually charge spin dashes, do the bounce attack from SA2 to get higher. Just oh, cool. completely changing up the gameplay, and it makes a huge difference. That's cool. But thought, uh, Game Bun also made a mod called Super Cream 64, <laughs> which is all of Mario 64, but you play as Cream, and all of the like enemies and stuff have been reskinned to be Sonic characters. So like the Goombas are Moto Bugs. Bowser is Eggman in a giant Bowser mech. Stuff like that. It's like just full model replacement. It's really interesting. And so... That's in-depth. So Sonic Edition Plus combines the gameplay from Sonic Edition and all the visual changes from Super Cream 64 to create like this kind of best of both worlds scenario. And it's, it's really interesting to go through a game that I know pretty dang well with a completely different gameplay style. And admittedly, it's one that's still a little rough around the edges like sonic goes way too fast so it's hard to like he's slippery he moves super quickly so if you want to do precision platforming that becomes very very difficult sounds like a sonic game yeah (laughs) that's very Uh. true but i spent probably like a solid minute just trying to land my bounce attack on the post holding the chain chop in the first level because (laughs) he's just so slippy that sounds really good but i'm just imagining tiktok clock and like oh no oh, <laughs> oh yeah no that that i tried just doing like the red coin mission tiktok clock is just the ones right there and even with the uh pillars all frozen and everything it's still incredibly difficult just because of the weird jump physics that concept uh, as a whole sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely worth checking out at least, you know, try it out for a couple of levels. It's really a different experience, one that I think people should give it a look. If you can get past the whole fact that it's a Mario game, essentially. Um, and some, maybe some people listening to this podcast are like, Mario, no thanks. And they've instantly unsubscribed to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, people, those people look at Somari with disgust. <laughs> <laughs> If you can hold your nose and play a version of Mario 64, then this one might be for you. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I want to joke like, oh God, who still cares about the console wars now? But I'm like, there's plenty of people out there who still take it to the heart. <laughs> I, you, can really, you can really go down a hole on social media, especially people that think they know a thing or two about game development. Or a warp pipe is the case, maybe. Yeah, look at these. uh, (laughs) Look at these reused animations. I'm a smart person. (laughs) I think game designers should just make it good. I don't know why they (laughs) don't do it. (laughs) So Uh, simple. Why don't they just make it good? Just make Sonic run in a straight line. Come on, game developers. What's the old uh, DeVry full sail commercials like? Hey guys, uh, I need you to finish up here and then uh, touch up those graphics on uh, level two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what they need to do is they need to put Sonic in a realistic environment and have him run around. That's that's the solution. That's right, Sega. Yeah. You need to hire this man. Oh, it's the secret oh. word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, did you have anything Sonic related this week? Uh, Sega or Jason? I played lots of Yakuza. <laughs> and uh, that's probably a top. As we discovered before we started record, well, actually, even after we started recording, uh, we we could probably do a whole episode on it. And when I say we, I mean me, Jeremy, and Luke specifically. While Jake sort of sits in the corner, sort of like, "Yep, just, sure thing, guys." We'll assign like, you some. We'll assign you some Yakuza Zero homework. Jake, yeah, I, if I'm, we ever I'm sure, do that, I'm sure Jake will get to play it eventually. Not least of which because I literally just sent it to his Steam library. Ladies and gentlemen, he actually just sent that to me. <laughs> In real time here on this podcast. <laughs> we got him! <laughs> In the Sting message, operation says, is over. Good job, everyone. In the message, he says, Jake, crime game. Best wishes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, have a fun time in the 80s. I'd recommend that to everyone who's listening. It's uh, the great Sega oh game. Gosh. Do a lot of coke and vote for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but not, not specifically don't do the coke in Yakuza because you'll yeah. get in trouble and oh, won't dear. be asked back for a future time. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll replay, recast true. you and it'll be really, really awkward for everyone involved. Uh, well, Luke, thanks for the new game. <laughs> I was about to make a joke about like, like 
le- uh, leading on the whole, I'm the youngest member here. Like y'all talk about it while you put me in the corner and give me like two, like <laughs> what you give me like two wooden trains and a lollipop. Well, that's the, that's the fun <laughs> thing about Yakuza is I, I did not get into the series properly until zero came out a few Same. Uh, years Same. ago, but that's like the perfect injury point because I, I think uh, it introduces a lot of those characters very well and then you can jump right into the the updates they've done to Yakuza 1 and 2 and god pretty much all the other ones which uh which which one did you uh say you finished up uh Chris Oh I just finished Yakuza 6 so all right, I'm, I'm, right. I'm I'm way up there now You the what curious a, a story has reached its end mm. Yeah so and the next time I'm going to be playing a turn-based RPG apparently so right. <laughs> can't say there's no variety in this series yeah. uh <laughs> For anyone who's like listening to saying, I came here to listen about Sonic. Well, Sonic is in some of those games. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's there. He's uh, playable in some of them, kind of, in the arcade games. And also, if you like Sonic Adventure, uh, it's kind of like that, except for there's lots of crime and uh, <laughs> cabaret girls. So, And if that's what you wanted from your Sonic game, then by all means, pick up Yakuza 0. I know I know our friend group specifically in the past has said that one of our pipe dreams is just let the Yakuza team uh take a swing at Sonic spin off main title <laughs> just let them go crazy with it. Yeah, get get weird with it. Yeah, put put the put the chaotics in there. Make all the side stories little little cases they can solve. I just thought about Kijinichi Kanamaru doing like karaoke as Sonic. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> warms my heart oh my goodness that man's got some pipes i'm imagining like vector in a like a black trench coat with his foot on a moto bug just going yada yada does it <laughs> good stuff good stuff yeah. play yakuza everybody yeah yeah do it it's it's sega it is but to get back to the topic uh lost judgment the yakuza spinoff has sonic the fighter is playable but also a bunch of Master System games poorly transitioned into, so guys, uh, <laughs> <laughs> how about them eight bit games? Yeah, that's our topic for this time. We briefly <laughs> hinted at it last time, um, but around about the time we hadn't decided what we we're going to do, but now we decided we're going to because that's one I'm happy to talk about. Yeah, All right. <laughs> so Chris, Chris is kind of the authority for this episode because I think that the rest of us really don't have nearly as much experience with the eight bit Sonic games and. Part of that can kind of be chalked up to the fact that they kind of weren't really a thing here. I don't know if you guys know this, but, uh, you know, aside from the fact that the Master System was never huge in America, we, I believe Sonic 1 was the very last Master System game. And all they did was just import a bunch of copies of the UK version and stick a UPC over the sticker. So it's like not even change for our version it's just we got literally whatever they could get shipped overseas and it's apparently one of like one of the rarest master system releases i was unaware yeah from from my own uh my own little research i think it was actually uh sonic one the the master system 8-bit version uh was built in to like the last hardware reversion uh version that uh some territories got um, but not over here in the the U.S., so that that's probably why um, it was uh, more familiar in uh, other territories. Yeah, a lot of kids over here would uh, have, if they were getting like if they couldn't their parents couldn't afford the Mega Drive, uh, they would end up with a Master System with Sonic right there in the console, so mm-hmm. baked yeah. in. Meanwhile, we had to settle for Snail Race, <laughs> <laughs> also playable in Lost Judgment. Uh, and I don't think, um, I mean, I think the first time um, that I played the the Game Gear versions, which are similar but different, um, you know, we'll talk about that uh, in a bit, but was uh, those got released with uh, Sonic Adventure DX had a handful of Game Gear games. Yeah. Because I, I can only speak for myself. I never owned a Game Gear. I remember yeah. <laughs> uh, it was probably being a little kid at like a church or something and someone had one and I was like, wow, that looks cool. And also uh, he was sitting like right near the only power outlet in the room because that thing <laughs> chewed yeah. through batteries like a yeah, disposal. Yeah, you needed to be there. <laughs> you needed to position yourself by one at all times, yeah. apparently. I definitely played the Game Gear version 
maybe once or twice when I was young, but that was only at like, you know, a store demo kiosk or something. But I didn't really get to play it in depth until Sonic Adventure DX, as you said, which had literally every Sonic Game Gear game unlockable in it. Does that one have both Sonic Drifts? The first one yep. that uh, we never even got over here, period? Yep, all, all of the Japan-exclusive games were in that uh, collection. Yeah, some of the, some of those other ones are, are really fun, too. I like the uh, Sonic Chaos is a lot of fun, too. Yeah, Tales of Adventure is another really... It's uh, it's an interesting one just because of how different it is from everything else. I know. I think the most experience I have with Tales Adventure is the uh, the old Archie Sonic kind of semi adaption yeah. <laughs> that got thrown in there in the later years uh, and tied all the like all of the bird characters in modern Sonic into the Battle Bird Armada. That's a lot of fun. I remember a friend of mine when I was a kid actually, if I remember right, he had a Game Gear and he had. I want to say he had Sonic 2 or maybe the first one. I just remember like picking it up for a little bit just because I was just like, this is a really big handheld. <laughs> yeah. And um, <laughs> and I distinctly remember like the one of the first levels. It must have been Sonic 2 because it was um like I remember Sonic being in a minecart. Yeah, that would have been the first level of Sonic oh, 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's that. All right. <laughs> that's Sonic 2. But I actually before we recorded this today, I played a little bit of um the first Sonic one on Game Gear through the uh playstation 2 sonic mega collection plus and i was i was telling the guys before we started that i played it for a while until i got frustrated with the floaty controls <laughs> yeah yeah it's i i that's that's a good uh good way to lead into how they are they're their own unique little packages like they're not purely emulating the the 16-bit uh mega drive versions but uh, yeah, they they do feel different. Uh, the the thing I noticed immediately is Sonic jumps like incredibly high. Like if yeah. you're you're counting like screen real estate, like he 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 can jump like almost two thirds of the way up the screen, and that does feel uh, a lot different than uh, than I'm used to with um, uh, the 16 bit ones for sure. It definitely takes some getting used to because the movement doesn't work quite the same way you're used to from like the Genesis games, which obviously, you know, it couldn't, there's only so much you can do with 8-bit hardware, but for what it's worth, you know, I think it, I think it translates over relatively well with, you know, given the limitations of the hardware. It, it feels a lot like running in say, like the original Super Mario Brothers, where it's not quite as fluid as Sonic, but there's still room to kind of, have that rough momentum based movement in gameplay. And the fact that, you know, it still works even with slopes is a step up. I feel like the, um, the level layouts uh, were built with, with those differences in mind. They, they definitely didn't try and just put that uh, Genesis mega drive stuff in there because it, it it would have been a lot harder. And I think, yeah, speaking of a lot harder, yeah, you talked about you played the the Game Gear version of Sonic 2. I think that one is <laughs> yeah. is harder because it <laughs> it has to make up for, uh, you know, not only is it trying to still be a Sonic game, but it was also trying to put that, uh, yeah, onto a smaller Game Gear screen. And man, yeah, yeah just, just doing some research, like a lot of people will straight up call that like one of the hardest classic sonic games ever <laughs> yeah you're not seeing stuff coming like there's no room to see like the uh, hazards that are coming on the screen oh, gosh, yeah. this is limited space yeah it's which is i think you would want for a sonic game in my experience yeah and like especially for my strategy when it comes to playing like older sonic games is i, I tend to do a lot of well not a whole whole lot but like a pretty decent amount of jumping just in general just so i can like kind of being in a somewhat invincible state if I come across an enemy or whatever. Yeah. And since you can't really see a whole lot, there's a few times where I would jump and then I would just like fall into a bottomless pit because I just couldn't see it. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I need to be like a little bit more methodical as I play. Part of the problem with that is that like the Game Gear one is the version that has been by and large the most accessible in the time since. Like you can skip, you can get it through adventure dx you can get it through mega collection plus gems collection for adventure or for uh the second one you can get it through 3ds virtual console and like i think the only time the master system versions of those games have ever been re-released was the wii virtual console which 
You can't oh, get mine. Yeah, that is gone forever, unfortunately. I'm really interested. What? When did you first play uh, these Master System versions, um, Chris? I think it was like it, I played the Mega Drive versions first. I don't remember how we got our hands on a Meg- on a Master System. But it was pretty early on, um, and any new Sonic content for me was exciting. I know, I know. I think before then, a friend had a copy because everyone had like it. It was a lot more common to have Master Systems over here, especially like I said, if your parents couldn't afford a Mega Drive. But yeah, I definitely played the Sonic the new version. New version. I suppose. <laughs> actually, when did they come? Wasn't there like a sim? What's the release date in terms of Sonic One and on the Mega Drive and Master System? I feel like they were very close to one another. Master System was definitely after, uh, you know, Sonic One, of course, June of nineteen ninety one. Uh, Master System, I'm seeing November of nineteen ninety one, so a few months later. That's some pretty quick turnaround. I know, like games are made a lot faster back then, but uh, they they had to cram a lot in there. <laughs> I'm just going to be transparent and say that, yeah, most of my research is just the Sonic Retro articles. Shoutouts to them once again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking, and it looks like Sonic 2 was released at least the same month as the Genesis version. I, I've seen some some say that it was even before uh, the, the Mega Drive version. So, yeah, Sonic 2 8-bit is the, like, the debut of Tails. Oh man, that's wild. Well, it's a debut in quotes. Tails doesn't exactly get to uh, do a whole lot. <laughs> it is his first <laughs> game appearance, but yeah. <laughs> He's just there to get kidnapped. That brings me to like the the nice little differences that are between the two. Like, I could see where, uh, like we've said, that they probably definitely wanted just, hey, a Sonic for this old system because we are pushing this character. Um but the uh, the differences between the the eight bit sixteen bit are like really really make those eight bit ones stand out as like unique games in their own. Like I now this is just my my own little head but I like to imagine that they either happen like concurrently or like right after the um the uh like the Mega Drive versions. If you yeah. were trying to piece them together as a story, <laughs> like I definitely see uh like. 8-bit Sonic 2 taking place right before Mega Drive Sonic 2. Getting some Zelda timeline stuff up in here. I mean, it's uh, you could you could even look at it as two separate events or two two different versions of the same story, which I think is what they're probably aiming for. But I do I do really like that it's a different interpretation. That might be due to the fact that they didn't have a they weren't like trying to completely recreate Sonic One. Uh, maybe they didn't even have enough material to do that. Like, I don't know what stage Sonic 1 was in development when they were making these uh, 8-bit versions. It's like a new version of South Island in its own way, which you actually get to see. I actually like the fact that you can see a map of South Island where the game is set and you get to see the progression up the mountain and so forth. Yeah, those title cards are some of my favorite parts. It's a, a nice a nice little jingle. And you, yeah, like you said, you get to see, see the island uh, as a whole. It's kind of funny for me because uh, Sonic 1 on the Master System, there is an obvious fact that it's pretty obvious that it's worked on by two different teams. I think it was Ancient that made this one. Correct. At least the first one. Ancient did the first one, Aspect did the second one. Right. They they had to work with teams that started with A and ended with T, apparently. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um, Company mandate. It's kind of like Sonic 1, but with like half the levels. Uh, you You get Green Hill Zone, you get Labyrinth Zone, you get Scrap Brain Zone. But you also, like, you don't get any of the others, and in their place you've got, like, the incredibly, like, <laughs> inspirationally titled, uh, Bridge, Jungle, yeah. <laughs> and then a Sky Base, which is pretty cool, but... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I dunk on them, but they're very cool. I still I have a lot of fond memories of these levels, and maybe that's partly because of the music. Oh, I think, it, I think it is almost entirely because of the music. Because <laughs> I think it was, uh, Yuzo Koshiro. Who came up with the soundtrack for this? Yeah, so Ancient was founded specifically to create the this Game Gear game by Wow, yeah, by one Yuzo Koshiro, known for creating the absolutely stellar soundtracks of the first three Streets of Rage games. I I totally believe it because the soundtrack to the these games are incredibly good for just being like 20 to 30 second samples yeah a few of the songs are taken from Masato 
Masato no Masato Nakamura. I can do Japanese names. Masato Nakamura's <laughs> Sonic One soundtrack, the title screen, the invincibility theme, the Green Hill Zone theme. Everything else is all brand new by Yuzo, and uh, that includes like Labyrinth and Scrap Brain, and they're really good variations of the song. I, I think I like the uh, Game Gear Labyrinth Zone more than the Mega Drive version. Well, it sounds actually th vaguely threatening, which is the feel vibe <laughs> I get from Labyrinth Zone every time I play it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's my favorite kind of... I think there's a lot of examples of uh, where they would do 8-bit ports for the Game Gear uh, in this era, or the Master System, where... Oh, you know, I'm not going to pretend I know how the musical process was, but, like, they just ran it through a filter to fit it on there, and it can sound really terrible. But these were obviously, uh, you know, even the uh, the ones that are supposed to be from the Mega Drive version, those medleys were done, like, from the ground up, like, to sound their best. Yeah. And, uh, the Master System's little, little sound trip, is, uh, little sound chip, because they, uh, they sound great. And um, uh, the original ones, like I said, I could have sworn I had, Bridge Zone has been the soundtrack to like my entire childhood. Uh, <laughs> but I know it. I know it couldn't have been. <laughs> but it's good. You know, like yes. maybe it just like subconsciously connects to like the collective unconscious. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's, it's like connected to Bridge Zone. Just nobody really knows it. Yeah, I, I definitely think I definitely think Bridge Zone is like the one track from Game Gear Sonic One that stands out above the others in terms of just immediate recognizability among sonic fans when uh they did the little uh medley in the sonic symphony of those titles and bridgestone came on like i think i openly wept <laughs> <laughs> i think it's partly because we never expected to see like i, I never expect to see acknowledgement of those because they are very much connected to my childhood as a british sonic fan and uh whenever we, whenever we actually get something that references those it's like oh i'm i feel seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I definitely feel like the 8-bit era, you don't see quite as much representation in terms of current day Sonic. And you know, that's slowly starting to change just based on the different creative forces who are helming different stuff. Like there's a couple of 8-bit Sonic nods in Sonic Mania, for example, like Hydrocity, Hydro City, I'm not going to settle on which one. Uh, that, <laughs> that version that in a Sonic Mania has the like giant air bubbles from Aqua Lake Zone that Sonic yeah, yeah. runs up in. Oh it, yeah, you know, same pose and everything. So and there's a little Silver Sonic in uh, the Metal Sonic battle and Stardust Speedway of Sonic Mania. Uh, that's a nice little reference. Yeah, and the uh, transition from I think flying guard from yeah from flying battery flying to battery to uh, uses yeah. the uh, hang gliders from a bit Sonic Two. Yeah, those are in incredibly cute little details. Yeah. And I yeah, that's I remember now cuz you know, one of my favorite arcs from post Super Genesis Wave Archie, New 52 New 252 as I call it. Uh <laughs> uh is uh the Champions arc which was their Sonic the Fighters adaptation and the backstory arc with Sonic meeting Breezy for the first time was oh, yeah, it's Sonic 2. Yeah, it was mixed in with 8-bit Sonic 2. Like it ends with, you know, fighting silver sonic in uh crystal egg zone wow yeah scratching grounder and coconuts lighting in undergrounds there and from sonic 2 or the master system with breezy there it's yeah just like, oh, my childhood sort of intersected in that moment and it was beautiful <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the reason why i love like late era archie so much is that it's such a great sort of amalgamation of every era of sonic and all of these different takes on it it's a one thing yep 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 well can i say um my favorite little bit in Sonic 2, I think, is the original framing device that Eggman has kidnapped Tails and poor Sonic is trying to rescue him the entire time. And that if you do not collect all of the six Chaos Emeralds, which I think in the Sonic 2 8-bit are still just strewn throughout yes. uh, the second act. Uh, they, they are, <laughs> except for, you know, six... The sixth zone doesn't have one, so it's just you get the sixth one if you find the other five and then beat Silver Sonic. Yeah, okay. it comes out of him okay. literally. Little little Silver Sonic was just uh, holding it. Yeah, <laughs> or powered by <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you don't do that, then well, Tails, some could argue, is uh, forever imprisoned and dies in Eggman's ca <laughs> Eggman's <Oof>. custody. <laughs> 
I I mean, I'm just saying in the good ending, you see Sonic and Tails running together. You see constellations of them in the sky. In the bad ending, it's just Sonic running and then a ghostly image of Tails in the sky. I'm I'm not saying nothing, but, you know, the implication being what it is. I don't think it's meant to imply it, but I feel like most people got that bad ending because the game's really hard. Yeah. So they just assumed, oh my god, yeah. Tails dies canonically in this game. Well, I think you you could assume that okay, the bad ending is Tails. Uh, Tails has passed on into the <laughs> Nether Realm, but the good ending is ensuring that together Sonic and Tails will eventually cross the Rainbow Bridge into Valhalla together. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. I mean, you could also argue. I mean, you could also argue that either ending could be canon because Tails canonically cannot die, as we saw in Ge- uh, Mega Drive Genesis Sonic 2. You throw him onto a pit of spikes and he just comes right back. It's it's ensuring you that he's fine. Exactly. <laughs> That's the result of what happened. Something happened to Tails and now he's like a Schrodinger's fox and he, he can never die. Um, <laughs> this he is unobservable. This. Also, I'm just, <laughs> sorry, just the way that you fra- the way that you kept for it, you phrased that Tails has passed. And I just my brain instantly filled out with. That's what happens at all Sonic funerals, apparently. Yeah. It's very awkward, but they've all gotten used to it. Tails has passed Life Zone Act 1. <laughs> but that implies an Act 2, so, you know, there's some hope there. <laughs> We're getting into theology now. Anyway, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> some would argue they're one and the same, but, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a debate for another time. Brian David Gilbert would certainly enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I did check. Uh, Yuzo Koshiro did not compose Sonic 2. That was uh, Nafumi Hataya and Masafumi Ogata of Sonic CD fame. Oh, okay, wow. Oh, and you can okay. tell. Yeah. You can tell when you get to Green Hills Zone. I have to emphasize the hills. Yeah, I have to <laughs> it is different, darn it. <laughs> it's my original zone. <laughs> Lean Blill Zone. Um, <laughs> the hill has a mustache. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that song is a little bit of um, you can do anything from Sonic CD. Yeah, the toot toot Sonic Warrior part specifically. <laughs> yeah, that's very clearly you know a case of the sound. The song was already really good. Let's do it again. But I can't I can't remember which one came out first. Yeah, Game Gear Master System came out first, so it would have been reused for CD instead of the other way around. That makes more sense because it starts off the song with ten ten. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we do know that that era specifically, it was a bunch of different teams, just whoever can get d- get done first with a Sonic game that yeah. gets released. Yeah, it's speedrunning games. Um, <laughs> gotta go fast. I do want to say, uh, as I was playing Sonic 1 earlier, um, and later on when I was like kind of uh, glancing through some long plays of the first and second games, I, I'm actually, I'm really impressed with like the power of the Game Gear with some of the uh like the animations for water and uh like we were talking about just now like with the the quality of the music and everything like i I understand now the joke about having to be like plugged into the power outlet because like it seemed like that for the time it had some really good technology in it and even though like when i was playing sonic one there was some slowdown because you know just like a straight up emulation (laughs) um despite the slowdown it seemed like things were still running pretty well and like things were tracking pretty well there was like a few times where my jumps would have missed inputs and that was a little frustrating, but like the, I'm still impressed by like the power of the Game Gear back then. The Game Gear was absolutely putting in work, but you know, ultimately the thing that won out in the end was just the fact that the Game Boy's price could not be beat, even though it was like clearly inferior hardware. Yeah, but then you could also <laughs> like play it for more than an hour and general generally be okay the battery life was a huge difference was another huge difference but you know the game gear for what it was was you know a very impressive piece of technology absolutely but it didn't have tetris so, yeah um, that <laughs> yeah the the sonic game gear games uh one and two and the others are uh incredibly like good looking i think like the the funky aspect ratio aside like the design elements are are just incredibly charming i love sonic's little sprite with his little 
you know, his spines are are so much more compressed, but it's still, uh, you know, perfectly recognizable. It reminds me of like some later titles, like uh, oh, the uh, Sonic Pocket Adventure, which also has cute little sprites. Yeah. Um, it, it is. It's one of those that, like, again, with the limitations, like they had to design everything around it being recognizable in a completely different format, and uh, I, I really like how they look. The uh, the even the the limited color palette uh, looks really good. Um, yeah. Even if Sonic's shoes are orange, it's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Sonic's allowed to have to <laughs> Yeah, like even, you know, with the Game Gear sprites being even more kind of compressed and reworked compared to the Master System version, it's still like a good looking, you know, sprite. Although Sonic doesn't have a nose. I yeah. Think. No, you're, you're right. <laughs> the nose is missing, but, you know, you got to make sacrifices somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I am still very impressed by the E, e those ones. And. I think one of the things I really enjoy is once you get to the credit scene of uh, Sonic One, you get Sonic like singing. He, he's like got a little, he's got a microphone. He's yeah. like karaokeing his yeah. way through the credits. And it's like the only actual remaining asset that in the games of Sonic being a, like having a band uh, was in this. It, it, it's basically oh, yeah. it's basically that, and like I think there was a reference to it in the canceled Sega Sonic Bros arcade game. Uh, not to sound like a broken record. Uh... But these definitely are games I would recommend people checking out. Uh, although I think the best way to check these games out, you know, they're they're on a lot of different platforms officially. Uh, as far as like emulation, like we're not going to be precious about that. I'm not going to say you got to track down a Game Gear or a, a Master System. But uh, my experience uh, with these games uh, preparing for this episode was playing the fan remakes by uh, Creative Araya. I believe that's how it's pronounced, yes. Which is a game dev group that has remade Sonic 1 and 2 8-bit like from the ground up in a custom engine and added a whole bunch of quality of life changes and including uh, like some cut content um some zones from the 16-bit version to kind of pad it out into like a like a full-sized uh campaign and uh lots of cool little features you wouldn't even think of like the drop dash from sonic mania because uh, it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> i'm happy with that getting added to every version of new 2d sonic yeah. games because that's great yeah they're really good remakes uh, they also add the uh the emeralds now you don't have to find them throughout the stage uh you can find them in the special stages as god intended yeah that, that was one <laughs> thing we didn't really talk much about is uh in the original master system game gear versions the emeralds weren't in special stages they were just kind of hidden around the world in different places which you know on the one hand i think it's cool that a sonic game put a little more emphasis on exploration compared to most other sonic games but at the same time I, I don't know. I just like the idea of having to unlock the special stage and really work to get that emerald. Yeah, in the remakes, it works like Sonic 1 um, and CD, where it's you finish with 50 rings and you can try a special zone. Yeah. Um, which is very nice because the, the special zones are in those uh, 8-bit games, but it's basically just for bonuses and extra lives. And they're, they're actually a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it's a very different thing, too. Like, you know, the bouncing on springs to hit as many rings as possible it's a it's a very different take compared to what we're used to where it's you know very traditional get to this area with this many rings either through the half pipe or like the bridge in sonic 3d or get blue sphere or whatever a bit more like the spinning stages in sonic one i suppose where you're actually find seeking out the emerald yeah it's it's definitely more like that where it's more about just reaching a point that it is trying to collect things along the way and uh dropping the emeralds in there with just like a little uh, i think it's like a 90 second time limit um is is uh, a lot of fun like I, I i messed up a couple of times but never thought like oh well that was kind of cheap and you know it, it's easy just to grab them in the ne the next time you go through and the, the the remakes especially play super well um like there's all kinds of options but they have like it's full widescreen support uh and it scales uh perfectly well and yeah they've, they've added in that seventh pesky chaos emerald uh <laughs> so that there are like that's how you get the true ending and unlock super forms and 
all kinds of stuff like that. Like in the in the first one alone seems to be very very much based on like Sonic Mania. There's straight up an encore mode you can play through th- where you uh shuffle through the playable characters. I think it's Sonic Tails, Knuckles, uh Mighty and Ray, like Mania Plus. Yep. Uh Sonic 2 remake, but um old design Amy is in there too. Yeah, yeah. The the Sonic 2 one is uh almost like a they they decided to make it like almost its own little game experience like the all the zones and features from 8-bit sonic 2 are there but instead of framing it around sonic's rescuing tails but you don't actually ever get to play his tails is son uh i think it's eggman has uh stolen the master emerald yes (laughs) why not and so you uh team up with two like uh, teams of two characters um to play through the zones and you can switch between them with just a a button press and they kind of stick to a speedy character and a character that can fly. And so you have pairs like Sonic and tails and then uh, shadow and metal Sonic um, Amy and knuckles and then mighty and Ray. And then I think spoilers, if you finish the game with the good ending, you unlock uh, SBO and vector as a team. And it's, uh, again, it's just incredibly uh, polished. And uh, I think they they've released an update uh, for both the games like fairly recently. So they're still still tweaking things and working on other projects. But man, yeah, if if you don't if you aren't interested in these games, uh, I would say give give these remakes a shot regardless, because they are a lot of fun. I believe those versions also have. Uh, multiplayer with Wi-Fi support, which is a wild thing for a remake of a <laughs> Master System game. Yeah, and they seem like they run on just almost anything. Yeah, I know it's uh, uh, you know Windows. Uh, I think there's a few Linux ports. Yeah, Mac, uh, uh, even uh, Android. <laughs> you get on PS Vita. Yeah, Linux is coming soon, but you can run it on Android, Windows, and PS Vita of all things. <laughs> yeah, why not? Vita means life. Yeah, there's still some there if you, if the fans have their way. It's very cool that they they just straight up have like the I think they call it the SMS remake uh, game engine for if people want to use that uh, for other projects. And I think they have some some other things in development like uh, their own like eight bit Sonic three sequel, not sequel. Um, it seems to be more bring in a bunch of other Sonic characters and. Uh, a, cool little game i'm gonna have to try called sonic moon which is sonic uh like (laughs) summoning the powers of the uh the sailor scouts (laughs) sure why not i'm okay with it yeah and it's all in 8-bit style why not let's go for it and sonic fans are wild in uh but they do such they're making so many great things and i'm glad they're not letting these games like pass and pass away into the distance so they don't want these games to take the same fate as tales in sonic 2 uh, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and i think it's it's definitely one of those to where i don't want to like dog too much on sega as a company although i do wish they would preserve stuff like the 8-bit titles a little bit better like yeah. hey if they're looking for nice little extras to put into that sonic origins collection yeah. toss these in there yeah, yeah gum it um, but also I, I, I'll commend like Sega has been pretty cool with fan stuff like this. Like, uh, they are not sending their army of lawyers to shut this down. And so, you know, as long as they stay cool with that, like they're not, I wouldn't say let the, you know, fans do work for free or, uh, as far as stuff goes like that. But, you know, as long as they just let it sweep under the rug and then yeah, stuff, awesome stuff like this can exist. I like to hope that Sega is sort of like watching, like, okay, we need a new game for the thir- the next anniversary. Let's see what the fans are coming yeah. up with this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah. that's part of the reason why stuff like this is so important. Is you know, a lot of times if we don't, like, I think it's important that these games be preserved in such a way that you know we can continue to have them available for newer fans to discover. Because obviously. New Sonic fans are born every day. I, I know that sounds terrifying, but it's the truth. And, uh, Whether they want to be or not. Exactly. But I think I think it's important that we be able to have games like this available for those new fans to discover, both in their original form and, you know, acknowledging that, hey, for as good as these old games are, we might want 
this or that or whatever to be changed. So I'm glad that for the most part, these games are still available in both their original and in modified forms to help make it more palatable for these new fans so that they can experience what we did back in the day without having to necessarily put up with the same level of frustration because of hardware limitations or whatever have you. Accessibility is definitely the key. Amen. I think um, it's, it's def- it's, I, I know it's easy for a lot of uh, folks who grew up gaming like we did to, to just think like, oh, well, kids these days, even a couple years younger than us, aren't going to be interested in, you know, old Nintendo or Sega. But uh, I definitely think they are. I, I think um, uh, younger generations are very curious about the history of games. It's something that has evolved so quickly and just the you know, going on four or five decades that it's been a concept in the world that, um, yeah, yeah, kids definitely uh, are are interested in this stuff. I, I don't think retro games ever really go out of style anyway. Like, there's always going to be some brand new game that sort of, like, reintroduces people to uh, 8-bit or 16-bit or whatever style of uh, sprite-based games. And uh, and that's going to make make young people more interested in seeing these uh, these oldies. Yeah, and I and I think that there is a, I think Sega is you know, they're not always good at keeping the games available for people to play, but they are at least you know still keep them at least somewhat in the public public consciousness. So like you know they just put out that Sonic Encyclopedia, and that's got listings of every game ever made for Sonic, except I think Pocket Adventure. But, you know, it's a way for these newer fans to discover, hey, there's these whole other worlds of Sonic that you might not have been aware of previously. Go check them out because they are every bit as valid as the stuff that you're playing today. I just can't believe they were like, hey, kids, did you ever hear about Sonic Chronicles? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. One thing that I don't think we talked as much about is that I love how many sort of little gimmicks there are, especially in Sonic 2, of just different stuff that happens in the stages compared to, you know, most traditional Sonic games where there's not a whole lot of alternate kind of gameplay things. But it's like Sonic 2, you have the minecarts, the hang gliders, the like the giant air bubbles, just a lot of other different uh, kind of things to interact with compared to just run right, avoid obstacles. I appreciate that they are willing to mix it up so much in these games it kind of i think that goes a long way to helping the games establish their own identity yeah it it really is amazing now to realize uh how much of uh possibly my favorite sonic game in the past decade sonic mania like took obviously now took in for uh inspiration from these by having yeah the, the the little uh little mechanical gimmicks in some of the acts and uh, that's just awesome. I love that. I, I am learning new things about some of my favorite Sonic stuff by revisiting um, uh, these older titles. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad for the accessibility that the that we're getting for these games because obviously, as Americans, you didn't have much accessibility for these for a long time. At least the Meta Master no. System yeah. versions of the game. So, <laughs> yeah. getting a chance to actually play them. One thing I will say is uh, there's there have been a these aren't we're talking about two titles and we're specifically talking about ones that were mega drive games as well there's also like sonic chaos and sonic triple trouble as like other examples of platformers i think chaos might have actually gotten a master system release i believe so i think so i think so and triple trouble was definitely game gear only as far as i know but uh sonic chaos is kind of like sonic 2 2 um and it's a it's a it's a pretty decent one but one, this is just me being nerdy, and you'll have to excuse me for this, but uh, Sonic <laughs> Sonic 1 on the Master System, Sonic 2 on the Master System, and then Sonic Chaos, the setting for all of those games is South Island, because I guess they couldn't think of any other ones like the other games were doing. So when I was <laughs> when I was coming up with stuff for my Sonic fanfic where I was like, okay, South Island, that's where Sonic 1's set, right? Nope! So now I've got to find a way to stick all these zones in. Uh... It's just kind of fun that they decided to lump everything in one place. Anyway, that's it. That's just me being a nerd. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I live for that that kind of stuff too. Like yeah, like like I said earlier, I I'd like to figure out in my head like if these and the Mega Drive games were one continuous story, like where would they fit right in? 
that's that's just fun. Well, that is this has been a uh, very pleasant discussion on a couple of games that I was not personally familiar with until now, and definitely uh, would slot them into some of my recent favorites. I'll have to me personally. I'll have to go out and I really want to play the remakes after like watching videos of them and playing the f- the first game uh, a little bit on the PS2 through the uh, collection. Because those re- those remakes look fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the superior experience for you. <laughs> and uh, Luke and I, I was talking. We were talking before the podcast, and Luke and I made the joke of like, for the uh, Sonic Two remake, is like everyone's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think that about wraps it up for us here on uh, the Hill is Always Greener. Um, I've been uh, Game Buddy. You can follow me on Twitter at. Great job, Jeremy. That's G-R and the number eight. I've been Rock the Jake, and you can find me on pretty much all the socials at Rock the Jake. I've been Cyberlink. You can find me on Twitter at Cyberlink420. I've been Valero. You can find me at Valero on Twitter. I'm going to assume you know how to spell that. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, a special thanks to Amy Waters for the use of our theme song from the album Gotta Go Slow. You can find more of Amy's music on YouTube and Bandcamp. Uh, I contributed to that album, too. That's right. Yeah, it's really good. Go look it up. Absolutely. Maybe next time we can chat about since, uh, you know, at the time of recording, Sega has completely gotten out of the arcade game business. So They're, they're still making arcade games. They just don't have Sega branded arcades anymore, which is end of an era. To bring it all back around to Yakuza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some arcade games. Um, sorry, Jeremy, you, whenever I hear the phrase, Sega has gotten out of the blank business, I just get really sad. Um, <laughs> it takes me back a long way. Oh, yep, yep, yep. It's happened a, a, quite a few times in Sega's history. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that'll be, that'll be a fun thing because... Ugh, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I had very little access to any physical arcades even growing <laughs> up. So I have only put hands on some of these games through uh, emulation or other re-releases. Yeah, I've I've basically played more or less all of the arcade games through, you know, MAME or whatever. But I did recently get my hands on an actual... I did get to try an actual cabinet for one of these games, so... We will definitely talk a bit about that when we uh, come back next time. Something to look forward to, folks. Yeah. Yeah, well, at least Luke's actual experience with one of these physical cabinets something I could never imagine. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I guess next time we will be doing our deep dive on Sonic Arcade games. But until next time, everybody, this zone's a little obscure, so you probably haven't heard of it before. But this is the Green Hill Zone. Look at all the green hills. <laughs> oh. Never stop looking at it. Never enough. Oh.